Hey, welcome to this week on A Little Better. My name is Daniel and I'll be your host. This week is the last week on Revelation Questions. Remember, our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better and by the power of the Spirit, do better so together we can be a little better. Hey, welcome to A Little Better. It's the last week of Revelation questions. Shout out. I'm raising the roof. Can't see if you're listening. I'm raising the roof. Like the cool kids do. Back in the 80s. Praise God. Okay. Well, here we go. We're diving into our last few questions. But before we dive into actual questions that were sent in, Mm -hmm. I want to ask all of you one of my own questions. So this past Sunday, Drew, you preached on heaven, which we did a heaven series uh, a couple of months ago back in October of 2021, which we will link uh, that series in the show notes, as well as the heaven questions that were sent in by listeners of that series, if you want to go back and watch that. But this conversation won't be filled with that. But the question I want to ask is, what are you looking forward to most about heaven in light of this past Sunday? So you usually start with such a fun, silly kind of question. I know, that, it was usually silly. That's dead It was kind of serious. I just, uh, you know, but... What are you looking for? I mean, I guess there's silly answers to that. Yeah. I always... I, Make I, it silly, Brad. I, it's a broken record for me. You guys, you always hear it from me over and over Brad's and over be again. Serious. I'll be serious. Which okay. is the inability to have a sinful desire. Mm. That's my greatest... I mean, I'll do the Sunday school answer. Jesus. 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 <laughs> I mean... Honestly, I think all the things, right? Like, I can't wait to see, like, Streets of Gold. That sounds pretty sweet. Um, Obviously, not being able to sin. Everybody living in Mm -hmm. harmony. No more tears, mourning, regret. Yeah. All the the things. I'll be the silly or just bottom shelf answer, I guess. I don't know. But I'm in light of last week's podcast, I've been thinking about... creation without brokenness of sin a little bit you know we talked about like flower beds always being perfect and right uh, of just seeing creation without sin Hmm. tainting it like i i can't can't fathom what that might look like because i think creation is so beautiful as it is right now but seeing it without any dead trees or browning leaves or whatever whatever that may look like Hmm. in the future on that note too like our our Perfect bodies. Yeah. What, what are they going to look like? Oh man, yeah. I am looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's that'll be sweet. Oh, I've good. had years of breaking down. Here. Breaking I'm down. looking forward to not having to work that. out to have abs of steel. Right? Well, I gave that up a while ago. Well, I, gave that up. <laughs> <laughs> I gave that up. All right, here we go. Heaven que- or not heaven questions? Revelation questions. The one sent in from last week is: What is the common belief among theologians as to why the United States is not mentioned in the book of Revelation? We get raptured out of the way. <laughs> We're so good. There's so many Christians here. I mean, Brad, the place Brad, is the, just an empty the parking lot. The person said, among theologians. Among theologians. Not what Remember you the want time where we told you not to say that on the podcast, Brad? <laughs> I think the simple answer is when this was written, the United States didn't exist. Well, there's that too. 1600 years. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, like, it was, this is first century. And so, not that if but it think, did exist, but thinking it would about be mentioned. The book of Revelation is. You know, there's a futuristic element. So why uh-huh. didn't John just include future or civilizations, you know, in that regard? Well, would it have been helpful or even understood? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you, you clearly see what John writes, so much of it rings true to the experience that, you know, that history, progress history, persecution, the rest of it. There's so many mm-hmm. things they can identify with. It would, I think it would just be confusing. 
right? Well, and some of Revelation is, it's to reveal and not to reveal, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think some of it is God didn't give us too much because we he knew we couldn't handle it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I think a lot of it is up to God's uh, sovereignty to fulfill. Yeah. And so who knows what the United States might play zero role, might play a lot of role, might play no role. Exactly. Yeah, it, I think you had a really true statement in that regard of before, before I pushed back, which was we had 1,600 years before the United States was even a thing mm-hmm. uh, as an organized civilization um, in that regard. And, and one just helpful point in Bible reading in any book is, is that it doesn't revolve around the United States. It doesn't, we don't, it does not revolve around (laughs) the United States. Like, um, Christianity as a organized religion, if you, even if you want to say that and putting it on the same playing field with all other religions does not, did not start in the United States, even though so many Christians, we feel like, you know, for whatever reason, well, Christianity, it's all about the, the U S it's, it's, it's not, you know, it did not start. And we're, um, yeah, I mean, really, you were alluding to this earlier before we hit play or record. Uh, we're not in the vanguard anymore either. Yeah. I mean, really, as far as for there's been there's little islands um, mm-hmm. of blessing, you know, churches that are thriving. But if you look at the United States as a whole, it's been a pretty consistent decline yeah. in church attendance, yeah. a decline in self identification as Christians. But you see it blossoming, you know. Africa, Latin America, many other parts of the world. Yeah, where, many, many, many other parts of the world. We're mm-hmm. falling down that list of the global hub for Christianity, mm-hmm. and so yeah, as as that as a whole, that's a just point or history reference point and where mm-hmm. we're at currently. And then the last thing that I'll say, and we'll move on to the next question, is when we're thinking about our Bibles, we have to remember who was this written to and what mm-hmm. did it mean to them, because mm-hmm. it can never mean for us what it did not mean for them, mm-hmm. um, and so we can't. We can't think about how does this apply to me and think, oh, this is what this verse means, because mm-hmm. uh, meaning and application are two different things in the regard. Mm-hmm. Like, there's an original meaning, and that's the meaning. That's mm-hmm. what the text means. But I can apply that to my life sure. in a plurality of ways, which may, which mm-hmm. is why the scriptures are so um, timeless. They, right. they apply to so many different people in different backgrounds and eras of history and and they apply, but they don't, the meaning does not change. Like Mm. um, we can't read verses in revelation or in the old Testament or any book in the Bible and think, well, what does this mean for Rochester? Mm -hmm. Uh, Like New York in 2022, like that's, that's not relevant. And Mm. so, um, so all right, next question. Uh, this one, I wish Nate was here because it's literally directed towards Nate, but we'll answer for him <laughs> on his behalf. Uh, it says, Nate said last week that Jesus had all he has to do uh, to defeat the Antichrist is breathe, and then he's defeated. War is over. Mm-hmm. My question is, and this person actually asked three questions here, but they kind of go together. The first one is, why does Jesus wait so long? Why does he let people suffer? And is it because he wants to save as many as possible? Those are the three tiers. Why does he wait so long? Why does he let people suffer, which are tied together? And then is the answer to that question, which is also a question, is it because he wants as many? Was that their question or was that was your response nope, to it? No, those are possi- literally, that's how it's worked. Oh, oh uh, they, 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 just, they included all those possibilities. I think that's, yeah, that's, there's a lot of insight there. Just yeah. in those So why does he wait so long? That's yeah. the first question. Um, <clears throat> one, no one really knows. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't. 
I don't think you can give an accurate answer because we don't see the way God sees. We don't mm-hmm. know the big picture like God knows the big picture. And, you know, in my life, every time I've questioned God's timing, I've always come around and been like, mm, yeah, mm-hmm. you were right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I missed that or I didn't see that. And so I, I think it's a, a, a good question. I don't know if we know the answer to that question, mm-hmm. right? I think this is where Proverbs 3, 5 comes in, right? Lean not on your understanding, mm-hmm. but acknowledge God in all your ways. Trust him. So We're I don't know why. To, are we supposed to I trust think, him with our suffering, though, Yeah. As I, well? well? so one thing I think is, I think the shorter answer is lean towards judgment, right? It's like the yeah. more instant answer is like, hey... Adam and Eve screw it up in the garden. I mean, there could have been instant judgment there. Yeah. You know, Noah right. and the flood. Hey, let's just wipe it out. I'm tired. You know, Abraham's pleading with God to hang in there with the people of God, Israel, you know, uh, yeah. because the instant answers incline more towards judgment. The longer term answers, it's, it seems like we have cancer, right? This sin. And there's, mm-hmm. there is a process by which God works that out of us. And it involves suffering often. And that suffering blesses us. You know, it changes us. It makes us, you know, it, 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 it humbles us. It makes us dependent on him. It makes us mourn for our sin, but it also blesses others in the testimony it produces. And it's taking him time to redeem the world. So I love that last answer in terms of waiting for enough people to be right. saved, right? right? I mean, God's work isn't done yet. Yeah, yeah. I think with God, there's usually never a singular answer, mm-hmm. right? In, in, yeah. in the sphere of God, he is doing a lot of things. Right. You know, I think there is this window into yeah. his mercy, right? Even Nate said, right. hey, the window is closing, mm-hmm. you know, as we get towards God finishing evil. And God has a heart of grace and mercy of waiting for people to turn back to him. So why does it mm-hmm. take him so long? Well, God wants to see, the Bible makes it clear, all turn back to him. Now, we know not all will, but I think there's a lot of different, you know, details to why God does why he sure. does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We can't. And, you're right. We can't know. And there's this piece of nuancing with this person's question about evil continuing and people suffering is mm-hmm. there's evil continuing and God purging the world from evil through right. his judgment. Yeah. And we've talked a lot. There's been a lot of questions sent in about Will Christians, will believers be on the earth when this happened? And what does that look like if they are? What if they're not? Mm-hmm. And rapture views and all those kind of things. But then there's also suffering that is a byproduct because sin is in our world. Yeah. Sure. That is sometimes that we as human beings Always. inflict it on ourselves mm-hmm. in our own lives. And that's yeah. suffering because of sin or there's suffering because of sickness and which is tied back to sin. And mm-hmm. there's suffering because another person in my life, which is tied back to sin. And like mm-hmm. there, and the, the question broken, is broken natural world, it's natural a broken disasters, yeah, natural I mean, disasters. But, so many things in, that are going that it's like, well, why does God allow that to happen? And I'll answer the question. Like RC Sproul once said, he's like, the, the better question is, is why does God allow anything good to happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, we are broken, sinful. You, you said you're yeah. looking forward to heaven about being purged from our sinfulness. Like, right. we're all sinful people. Sure. And the, the better question is, is why does God allow anything good to happen mm-hmm. to broken, messed up, sinful people? Because one of the worst things that ever happened to Christianity is the prosperity gospel of saying, God just wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and happy. And that's what he wants for your life. Mm-hmm. And... I, that's a far stretch from biblical Christianity as the Bible yeah. paints it. Does God want our suffering and our pain and our agony? No, but... Mm-hmm. He uses it. He, you, he uses that to make us look more like Him and right. care for the things He cares about, hates the thing He hates. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
So yeah, that's a, that was a great and very thoughtful question. Um, Liked it. Yeah. Next question. Um, in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 through 58, uh, it talks about the rapture at the last trumpet. Is it possible that this is the last of the seven trumpets mentioned in the book of Revelation? If so, then Christians may possibly be around during that part of the tribulation. So this person, the, the first thing that we need to point out is, I'll, I'll read 1 Corinthians, those few verses that they reference um, in, in that regard. Uh, but they assume that this trumpet is talking about the rapture, which you, you pointed out, Drew, I think, in one of your earlier weeks in the series that a lot of theologians look at trumpets, uh, that language of trumpets, because the word rapture is not mentioned in the book of Revelation, but they look at trumpets, they tie it back to what Paul's literature in 1 Corinthians First and Second Thessalonians, mm-hmm. and they do that. So let's read this. These one verse. You you can go and read on your own fifty one through fifty eight if you would like. But um, I'll read fifty one and fifty two because that's the relevant verses. Paul says, "Listen, I am telling you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead." will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. And then he goes on to talk about death has no victory, where's your sting, yada, yada, yada. So this person says that is talking about the rapture. Well, is, the first question is, well, is this actually talking about the rapture? If people are watching on YouTube, I have to explain my smile, which is simply, I just remember the sign up in the church nursery that said, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Yeah. One of my, one of my professors in Bible college used to say, that's the best verse that should be in every nursery. We will not all sleep, but we all must be, all changed. be changed. Yeah. So is this talking about the rapture? That's my first question. Is First Corinthians talking about the rapture? Is this verse talking about, at the last trumpet, dead in Christ will be raised, imperishable, we will all be changed. This is talking about the rapture. I mean, yeah, it could be for sure. I mean, I would, yeah, I would say that I, th- I, I think just because I don't think that deeply about things, I think I probably always assumed it, but now that it's being asked, it seems to me like it could be, you know, uh, a more ultimate judgment of the dead, you know, time too, right? I mean, yeah, it could I mean, be more at the I mean, that's exactly how we would describe the rapture, right? It uh, is. Uh, you yeah. know, yeah. if you want to reference back to last week's podcast, we talked in depth about the word rapture and the historic views of what that word, Mm. what people are implying. And there's so many, it's loaded terms, right? Because different people mean different things when they say the word rapture. Um, I also think it's important before Paul does anything, he says this word mystery. mm -hmm. Okay. So I think that's important because a mystery is not solved. It's not discovered. It's Mm -hmm. still out there. People are trying to figure it out. And, Mm -hmm. You know, I think this could easily be referring to the rapture. It's the description of how, hey, if someone were asked me what's the rapture, I think mm-hmm. this would be one of the verses I would use. First Thessalonians four, right? Another picture of trumpets. Thessalonians, and, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it could easily be painting the the rapture. I, the trumpet thing, I don't think is a connection to the seven trumpets. I think it's more a, a connection to um, the. First Thessalonians four, where he says the trumpet will blow. You know, I'm not sure it's referring. It, I guess it could be. I I don't think it's connected to the seven trumpets, but I could be convinced it was. It must be 
tons of other uses of trumpet throughout scriptures. I'm trying yeah. to think and of I, other, think, other angelic announcements or... or and uh, I think another thing, Drew, that you pointed out is the word mystery as well. Mm-hmm. But Paul is obviously using some either some allegory. He's using some kind of rhetoric in literature because he doesn't say that um, we will not all die. He uses the term sleep, mm-hmm. which is obviously a euphemism for death. Um, in that regard, he's using that to talk about death, like dying physically. Oh, in his writings, he often refers to death as the sleep of death. The sleep. So, so mm-hmm. that's that's there. And then we'll all be changed in a flash, twinkling of an eye, at a trumpet. And so mm-hmm. there, is there literally going to be a flash? Is there literally going to be a twinkling of an eye? Is there literally going to be a trumpet? And so there's some questions that are that, that are all there that we've... We've taken pieces of this verse and made it super literal, mm-hmm. but then taken other pieces and said, oh, he's just... And we've, we've picked and we've pick and chose like which mm-hmm. ones we want to be literal because usually <laughs> most scholars say, well, every time trumpet's referenced, that's talking about rapture. Yeah. When a trumpet gets blown, that's rapture. Mm-hmm. And what Paul does not describe, at least in this passage specifically, is not the historic rapture view of, okay, the church gets plucked out of the world before anything bad happens, which this person points out too, because they say, yeah. well, obviously at the last trumpet, the mm-hmm. last trumpet would be the seventh trumpet in the book of Revelation. And there's some wrath that's been poured out. So that would be... Well, it could be also referring to, um, I think it's early in Revelation where he, John has the vision, it's like, come and there's a trumpet there as well. So it's you not could... the last one. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's true. Well, it, it might be the last one there, but <laughs> exactly. not the what does last, last mean, right? Yeah, I think it's a hard... I, I actually think, you know, we view trumpet as someone blowing a trumpet. I think these are all... In, in, in my interpretation, which isn't always accurate, but like the twinkling of an eye, the trumpet, these are all, to me, more time frames. It's like, quick. Yeah, there they're is. all referring to whenever this takes place, it's going to be fast. Like mm-hmm. the twinkling of an eye, the blowing sure. of a trumpet. Right. Those are all time frames that are very similar. You blow a trumpet, it's done. It's quick. You blink your eye, it's boom. Right. I'm not sure. Trumpets surprise people. What we know about all those passages, Revelation, 1 Corinthians, 1, 2 Thessalonians, it's talking about the second coming of Christ. Yeah, the speed. And it's, it's going to be, nobody knows when it's going to happen. Matthew talk, Jesus talks about that in Matthew, like, Nobody knows what's going to happen, and it's going to come like a thief in the night. It's going to be like so quick. It's going to be like boom, there it is. And um, so I wouldn't so. sit around like listening for trumpets, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, that's good. Well, well, that ho- hopefully that was helpful of just mm-hmm. yeah using some open handedness with some of these things in Revelation. What we can know what it's talking about of that Christ is coming again, but the hows about it. It's exactly what Paul says, and how the Book of Revelation presents it. It's a mystery. mystery. Yeah, so it's good. All right, well, that was all the questions, but I had two more. I added two, right? You ready for this? They're, they're opinion-based. Okay. Did you ever get asked if you had any questions uh, you could ask, Brad? Oh, Brad, sorry. I didn't I'm, either. what happens when you're the host, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they're opinion-based. Okay. There's no right or wrong answer. I want to know you guys' opinion. So um, first question I have is, what surprised you the most when studying or talking about or hearing sermons about Revelation? Because obviously, Brad, you weren't, weren't in, you didn't... Um, write um, in any of 
no. the sermons or deliver any of them, no. but you got to talk about them. Um, mm. So what surprised you the most? We'll start with you uh, about the book of Revelation. When Nate Miller that. putting a boot in the face of Satan and <laughs> taking him out with a leg sweep. That was the biggest surprise to me. And probably that the blood was not Jesus' blood. That was an interesting insight. It was just like, I, whenever I hear blood, I always assume it belongs to the lamb, you know, to Jesus, mm. but just really the blood of those. Which there is some scholarly judged. debate about. about okay. you know, Nate, Nate gave you definitely he, he gave one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, Nate, he's calling Satan out. Woo! Boot in the face. All right, Drew, what, what surprised you the most? You, we studied it, we wrote, you delivered. This might sound terrible, about. but how much I enjoyed it. Mm. Um, I, you know, I, I would say I enjoyed the delivery more than I did the research. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Daniel, you might agree with that, even though you're a little more of a like a, you know, I, I like to read lots and lots and <laughs> lots of books. Um, uh, I, how much I grew too. you know, revelation is a book where if you study it, it doesn't matter how smart you are, you're going to continue to grow. Mm. Um, so I would say those two things, I, I really enjoyed just growing in my knowledge of mm-hmm. revelation, um, and, uh, just how much I've enjoyed walking with our church through this, yeah. um, and hearing people say, man, I'm, I'm not afraid to read the book anymore. I feel mm. like, th- you know, those are just really cool things that surprised me personally. And as a, you know, as a body of yeah. Christ. That's got to be a blast for you, that privilege of in, of just encouraging God's people, mm. right? Just peeling back the curtain yeah. and telling, you know, just getting everyone, you know, think think of your, your best rally and the best stadium for your favorite team or whatever. This is, you know, orders mm. of magnitude, not even, you know, transcendently yeah. above all of that, you know, just to be able to encourage the people. And how practical, I think, Revelation was for our he, church. And, and, right. Yeah, I mean, said, what is you, the one thing? You didn't put a limit on there. You were like, "What did you say? What is the one thing?" No, I said, oh, "What is what, the most?" What surprised you the most? So the is it implied one. So uh, well, next time I ask a question, I'll be more specific. If you're allowed to ask the questions, I'm allowed to interpret the <laughs> oh, questions. Right. Um, yeah, and like, uh, I mean, I had something good, and now you, st- I'm, I'm losing. I'll, I'll, you, I'll, you, no. you were about to steal oh, what I was going to say. That's why I interrupted. Which was, I was surprised by you, how. Practical. You're asking the questions, not <laughs> answering. Practical. I'll let you do yeah. it. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. How practical it was, you know, yeah. uh, of just, I, and I've been, even as, you know, went to seminary and Bible college and been on church staff for a number of years, I've never taught the book of Revelation or really, it's not been one of my like, oh, I can't wait to read it in my Bible reading plan. Like when it comes up, I'm like, oh, how fast can I get through this? You know? Yeah. But as we, we dug in, it was like, man, this is like very, very practical mm. um, to us when a lot of times it, doesn't seem like it is. So. Yeah, I would say in one way the bar was low going in only in the sense that I dreaded what you, it. What are you trying to say? Brad? What I'm trying to say. <laughs> the bar was low, huh? The bar that's was a, low. Hang with me. Hang oh, with no, me. these guys are no. doing revelation. It was that opening quote from Drew, right? I mean, every... Did you say parishioner? Every <laughs> parishioner's dream, every attender's, every yeah. church attender's dream, and every pastor's nightmare. Yeah. But that nightmare, I shared in the nightmare a bit, just in terms of really nine weeks of revelation. You know, can't we do a more practical book, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Something that's clearer, something that's mm-hmm. not going to get all people all arguing. So, mm-hmm. in that sense, I went in with a bit of dread. Sure. And but then to come out with such encouragement, and I think part of it just was. I mean, I again, I've just heard growing up so many things tackled in a timeline way, mm. right? Trying yeah. to connect everything to every headline we see today, and those yeah. sort of things. Mm. And those are 
those are not fruitful endeavors. Yeah. But to really see Christ, mm. see the conquering king, see the consummation of history, see the tears wiped yeah. away, hear the prayers answered. I mean, that's yeah, the stuff that's you get good. ramped yeah. up about. See my jump shot at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last question. And I'm going to add one thing in there. Okay. I'm going to read back to the So, uh, in light of the past nine weeks, what's one piece of the book of Revelation that you're like, I want to dive into this more. I want to read on this or research it, think about it um, more. What's one one thing, one section? I would say the, the segments of seven, mm. you know, and just trying to understand better the views, you know, you got the the simultaneous, the telescopic, and, you know, there's three views. I forget all the Russian names. Yeah, 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 the Russian. I didn't never understand that Russian. Simul- name, you know. Simultaneous. But yeah. just getting a better, clearer picture of, of those, I would say I, that's where I would spend more time. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would say one, I'll answer, and then Brad, you'll, you can close this out, okay? Oh, uh, I think mine is tied to the series of seven as well, but more on art. Is it progressive? It, does it seem like... There seems like there's some nuance there that have large implications based on how you land on interpret. Mm. Like, if you are simultaneous, it's, it really impacts how you view the book of Revelation as yeah. a whole um, versus, you know, the um, consecutive view where it's just one after another. And that's kind of the, the timeline approach of trying to make the book of Revelation fit on a timeline. Mm-hmm. And, but then the telescopic could, could be, could sit you in different, like, so mine's similar, but like, what are the implications of each of these views as it placed the book as a whole? Hmm. Um, because I think that's part of the question is around that study is when you try to make it fit on a timeline, you have to make it all fit on a timeline. You can't pick and choose. Um, so that's similar. Yeah, I want to hear the wording of your question again was what am I... You what, forgot the question already. No, what am I most looking forward to? What, uh, what, what do you no, want to dive do? into? Study more, think about more. Um, I don't actually want to study more. I want to read. (laughs) No, I want to read more is what Mm. I want to do. Mm. In the sense that I just feel like the table was set so beautifully to really meditate, Mm. you know, on it and to go through it slowly. Yeah. You know, and just to, um, again, I'm, I'm inclined to feel more about more, uh, more like I do about the Psalms, you know, with Psalms. I just love. The throne of God, you yeah. know, I mean, even 104, Psalm 104 I was reading this morning and just, you know, you know, his righteousness being spread and stuff. But I, I want to see the throne, you know. And mm-hmm. so for me, that That's means good. going back through and reading it slowly, digesting it, mm-hmm. you know, with less of an agenda. And, but just soaking in it and letting God. I think that's a great me. challenge as we wind down the series. I might even add this to my message is just, okay, we just walked nine weeks. Go mm-hmm. read the book now. Yeah. Go read the book and say, okay, where am I lacking understanding? And then dive a little bit deeper. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for tuning in this week to the book of Revelation. Questions, that's the last it. We wrapped it up. So we hope this episode and others like it have helped you grow in your relationship with Jesus. Uh, we'll see you next week on A Little Better.